Thanks for the memories. You've got a friend in us. This is episode 54, The Circle, from 2017. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. And with us tonight, Mike, we had her on last episode to talk about the Inferno. We have once again our literature expert, even though literature might be a strong term, our book expert, our reading expert for this movie, for this adaptation we have with us, Jess Collins. Hello, Montez. Hey, how's it going, guys? I am been anticipating this for so long, and I'm so glad it's here. I know that you and I both have probably a lot to say about this. We have both read the book. We've now seen the movie multiple times. I'm so sorry you had to read this book. <laughs> the book is bad, but the book is differently bad. Yes. The movie is, we'll talk about that. I'm sure Montez can give more. I think I kind of blocked out a lot about the book, but please, Mike, I don't want to talk. I don't want Montez to talk. I want you to give a quick plot summary, and then I want you, just because we have basically for like months on this show been eagerly awaiting, and I've kept trying to be like, it's a bad movie, but it's not like a remarkably bad movie. It's just a bad movie. But please, plot summary, and then what were your thoughts? Were you let down by it? Were you Did you embrace it? Was it as good as you had hoped? Bad as you had hoped? Hey, this is all that, but first, please, quick, a plot summary. Okay, so, The Circle is about May, played by Emma Watson. May gets an interview with The Circle. She has a sick father and sort of a dead-end job. She's got this cool friend, played by Boyhood, named Mercer. She gets hired at The Circle, which is Facebook meets Apple meets Scientology. Perfect. (laughs) She is working customer service at The Circle. She witnesses this thing called the Sea Change, not Sea Org, Sea Change, where the Tom Hanks character who runs The Circle named Iman Bailey alongside Patton Oswald uh, as Tom Stenton. They're sort of the um, jobs in the was of the circle, if you will. Anyway, they're giving this presentation about their new phase of the circle where they're planting microscopic invisible cameras across the globe to track everything ever. To what end? I'm not sure we're ever going to find that out. May seems to love working at the circle. She runs into John Boyega, who is the creator of True You, which is, I guess, the first app that the circle all spawned from. But now he sort of lives in anonymity amongst the uh, campus. A senator gets involved, tries to shut down the circle. So the circle hires their own senator and she goes full transparent, basically going clear, I guess. I don't know. And she has her entire life open to anybody who needs to see it in the public eye. May starts having problems at home because her family rejects the circle. Her friend rejects the circle. She goes on a kayaking thing at night. It might be a suicide attempt. There's an incident. She's saved because of circle tech. She becomes a true believer. She's pulled on stage by Hanks. She's given all this fame. She's put in charge of new projects. Everybody loves her. She goes full transparent. Everyone follows her online. She's a huge success. She comes up with this whole new system called the Soul Search, where you could find anyone on the planet at any time. They test it on a criminal. They find her in half the time she claims it'll take. Uh, Then they test it on trying to find Mercer, her friend, her boy hood friend. The process causes Mercer to be killed. He's driven off a cliff by a drone pursuing him. May has kind of a breakdown. She leaves the circle for a while, but quickly goes back. And along with Boyega, she kind of like reveals all of Hanks and Patton Oswald's dirty deeds and opens up their entire life, goes full transparent. They're ruined. She apparently takes over the circle and instead of shutting it down, she like takes it to the next level, I think, and like becomes the eye in the sky that sees it all. (laughs) I'm not sure. We'll talk about it. That is my summary. That's the circle. 
I want to hear, because it's different from the book, but I want to hear what you thought of this movie. Y'all, I couldn't have been more <laughs> disappointed in this movie. I tried to warn you so many times. I know, but I at least thought it was going to be fun bad, but it is just terrible. Bad acting, bad writing, they waste an amazing premise. Is it amazing? Well, maybe it's not amazing, but this is something that has been done better recently. Uh, Just the whole concept of collecting information for a reason. And we never get a clear-cut reason why Hanks is doing this. He just is accumulating all this power because he can. There's no end. The reason you do it, the reason you do it in real life is because the more data you have, the more power you have. Data is currency and data is wealth. And if you know everything about everyone, you can ostensibly control them or blackmail them on a nefarious way, but also advertise to them, market to them, make more money. So it's like, they're saying, wouldn't it be great if you could just like check the waves from your home and like know if you want to surf or not? Or like, wouldn't it be great to be able to find people? Or like, if a girl's about to drown in a kayak, be able to save her. But it's like, no, it's specifically, and they don't talk about this, but it's like, we are being marketed to we are being sold to everything that we do and say in real life is being sold to companies by everyone and so the more data you have that's why they're doing everything they don't they don't go into that because like the technophobe element of all of this is so like basic level understanding of like ooh this is scary like they don't go into it at all it's ripped directly from the headlines at the time your camera on your computer can see you all the time and snowden and all this kind of stuff is coming through here but you know normally when you get a movie like this like you're more focused on the creator side like the psychosis of what drives a man to do this in the first place like what is his end like recently in something like you know i don't want to get too spoily but westworld season three right like the way that they handled the supercomputer for you know the AI or whatever like the sentience of that like was was very good was very elegant was I was super satisfied with that uh it's sort of Rehoban he all made sense at the end even in the show devs like he's collecting this information he needs to collect all the information in the world he has a reason and we find out what that reason is you know like anytime something like this is sort of kickstarted I guess I'm just expecting an AI to develop at some point and sort of take over. I obviously wasn't expecting Hanks and Oswald to be aliens or anything like that, but I absolutely was expecting to find out what their plan was. I still don't know why they are doing this circle stuff. So ultimately, I was like super confused the entire time. I was like, why is this even happening? Why do they want to do this? It just seems to be this self-running cult that is like constantly perpetuating and growing and expanding like this amorphous blob or something and like, or like the blob just like consuming things in people but I I couldn't understand what the end game was for this whole thing shed some light on that maybe (laughs) okay so what this comes from this is the second movie in a handful of movies that Tom Hanks has done which is based on an adaptation of a Dave Eggers book right he wrote Hologram for the King he writes The Circle then he writes Your Prophets Where Are They blah 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 which I talked about which I love that book but he writes these three books this book is coming from a place of someone I believe who is rightly concerned with the amount of data that people like Mark Zuckerberg and Tim Cook and Steve Jobs or whatever, like whatever era he wrote this in, right? Before Steve, after Steve Jobs died, that Apple and Facebook and Google and, you know, all the people. Even now. Yeah, we're still there. Right. Like he's he's rightly concerned with the amount of data. He just does it in a way that is meant to scare boomers, I think. Right. Like it is so ham handed and heavy fisted. I'm using boomers like colloquially, like I don't mean, but just like anybody who just doesn't understand. I know what you mean. If I could just jump in real quick, like I, I, I brought this up once before. I can't remember when, but from 
time to time I feel like people, directors, sneak this shit into movies too, where it's just like an inside joke or something like that. And that's how most of this movie kind of came across to me as like condescending and like hipsters trying to explain to people they don't have time to deal with or something. Sorry. It basically feels like, isn't it weird that all these people like work at these jobs and like they think that they're working at the best places, but they're actually working at these bad places. And like, it's so weird that they love what they do. Like, can you, like, it's like a cult in there. And it's like such an outsider's point of view. And what really bothers me about this is that like I work in tech and I don't work for one of these companies, but like data is everything. Data is everything in all regards. And to see someone be like, okay, I want to, I want to make a movie about this and be concerned by it. But then to just go about it in like almost literally the wrong way in every regard it's like what are you even trying to say that facebook is bad okay we know that like social network did that like we got it that apple is a kind of a cult yeah we got that like futurama did that like we know all these things what are you saying the whole scientology metaphor is also weird like i don't understand anything that this movie is doing why it's doing it again it's like a 500 something page book condensed into like a 109 minute movie like there's so much chopped out and then Montez, you have a better memory than i do i had to look up the ending but do you remember the original ending of the book how they changed that can you please speak to your thoughts on the circle i actually as uh, i was sitting here listening to mike recap the movie i was sitting here thinking well crap i don't remember the ending of the book at all aside from the fact that i hated May in the book, hated May in the movie. I have a lot of thoughts about this movie and this book. I actually went back and reread my reviews of both of them and in the immortal words of Joey, oh boy. Your unicorn musings. So the book ends with May fully believing in the circle's mantras betrays Ty because he wants to be like, hey, we're going to shut down the circle. I have the power. I have the access. I'm shutting it down. And she's like, nope. And then they basically silence him. So it's wildly different. Okay, so he's not a ghost in the book. He feels like an apparition. No, he's he, no, he's real. He's real. Okay, all right. He's real. Wasn't she sleeping with him too in the book? She yeah. was sleeping mm-hmm. with him. Like she was like going in the tunnel, and then they were like sleeping together. Yeah. What's frustrating is that the book is bad. Like the book is objectively bad. A lot of the problems that you have with the movie are with the book. But then you watch the movie, and it's like, oh, this is even worse. Like yes. I didn't think that the movie could be worse than the book, having read the book. And I don't want to just like you know shit on things. It's like, I, you know, all I'm creating is podcasts. I'm not writing books. I'm not making movies. I, I think it's very easy to be snarky. But, like, it's so aggressively wrong. And also to, like, double down on the fact that this was written and directed by James Ponsolt, who wrote and directed Smashed, which is a great movie, who directed The Spectacular Now, which is a great movie, which he directed The End of the Tour, which is a great movie. Like, this guy, I think what extra kind of hurt was that this is like an acclaimed indie filmmaker who is really good at what he does absolutely swinging and missing at this like it probably never should have been adapted because the book is bad but to take what is in the book and not only fail to do it but somehow to make it worse is staggering and the funniest bit of trivia is that they did reshoots because the emma watson character may was so unlikable that the audience was like we cannot stand her so they they reshot things and it tested worse. Oh. So they have no idea how to make this girl like ostensibly she should just kind of be like neutral for most of it right like she eventually gets indoctrinated but like it should just be her story to be like this is crazy shit that's going on isn't it look at all these things around me like the karen gillen character in the book is better like she's just manic and frantic in this movie like nothing about that works it is just unbelievable i'm shocked that the karen gillen 
character survived the movie. I'm shocked John Boyega survived the movie. There are all these things that you do in a movie like this that they just didn't do. Either like they were being, I don't know how they were trying to be too faithful to the book by, you know, downsizing it so much, but maybe they were and they didn't want to alter stuff to the point where it didn't become circle by name anymore, which is what they should have done. It should have taken this kernel of an idea of this type of tech cult and shown what it could really do. I think of that show from HBO. What is that one again with Middle Ditch and everybody? Silicon Valley. Yeah, I think of like Silicon Valley and stuff. And like, you know, if those guys like ever really got their shit together, like a movie about them taking over the world would be something I could believe about. It's not outside of the realm of possibility that the circle could take over. It's just these, this version of it. There's no way I would ever believe that it would because mostly i just don't understand what it does like that's the other thing like yeah it connects everything like sure one thing i do want to kind of correct is that i think you know you say that she takes over the circle i think the really the ending this movie tries to get across and i don't know if it actually is effective i don't even know if this is actually what it is is that she's trying to take the circle down that she's basically saying like in the book she is so in it she's so bought in so fully that she's like i am going to take down this insider tie who like how could anybody ever want to shut us down but here she's basically saying hey these guys want everybody want to know everything about you let's know everything about them and she's going to basically set the world on fire and let it burn so i don't think she's like taking it over and being a super circler i think she sees this thing sees her friend mercer die sees karen gillen actually look like a human person as opposed to just like this like sweaty ragged mess the makeup effects on her are pretty good through this movie like that's one good thing about this even though she's like a heightened caricature I think she sees these negative things, sees how her family is doing a little bit better. Like, there are good things about the circle, like the medical care or whatever, but by the time they get out, everything is better. And I think she's like, we need to shut this down. So she's like this ultimate evangelist until Mercer dies. She goes home, everything snaps. So I think the book is like a more depressing ending. This is a more uplifting ending, I guess, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if either of those is effective. I guess this is supposed to be more satisfying, but I don't think it's realistic. Like, I agree. Like, I hated this character and I want wanted to be on her side and I was like great at the very end she's gonna redeem herself she's gonna burn the whole fucking thing to the ground like literally I thought she was gonna start a fire in the tunnels and like everyone was gonna have to evacuate and Hanks was just gonna sit on stage because that's how you end a movie you don't just end the this isn't this doesn't end it just you know what I'm saying it just kind of hands it off like and I, and that is really annoying and, and movies can do that but this movie does not do it well Guys, I paid full price to see this in a theater. Yeah, that seems like a problem. Give me that Vimo again. I gotta <laughs> send you some ducats. I felt that exact same way when I left the theater. I left the theater thinking, what the fuck just happened? You had read the book before or did you read the book after? Yeah, so I read the book before and I read the book in three and a half hours. So, I mean, like I devoured this thing. Wow. Really? Yeah, it's a 500 page book. I devoured this book because when I first started the book, I was super into it. I'm like, okay, here's my perfect vision for May. And then this is how I just like was on this roller coaster of depressing letdown. So I started reading this book and I thought, okay, this chick's like so off the grid. She's going to get into this business. She's going to see what they're doing. She's going to be like, all right, what is this crap? She's going to watch them kill Mercer, her old boyfriend. And she's going to be like, okay, we're going to take them down. And then she's going to get in there. And just like Mike said, she's going to burn that fucker to the ground. Well, she doesn't. 
So that's why I kept reading because I was hoping maybe she's going to turn it around. And I felt like that when I watched the movie too. Maybe she's going to turn it around when she laughed in that person's face about the person was saying they were putting chips in children's bones to keep them from getting abducted. Saying, you know, trying to save the world by implanting these chips in these children unknowingly because they're trying to save them. And she just laughs in her face and then is like, oh, well, I'm going to go get a drink now and just kind of walks off because she thinks it's stupid and she thinks it's ridiculous. Not that saving children is stupid, but, you know, the fact that just completely taking over someone else's decision making with all of this tech and none of that happened. Which is funny because I'm kind of a technophobe. I'm also a database administrator and I also have a computer science degree. So it's all very funny to me that I have an aversion to technology. I think it points out that you're smart enough to know that you should be averse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you've seen it from the inside. Again, like, are there people at these companies who are not able to see the forest through the trees like that's to some extent like microchipping bones i guess you, you see things that like less so in the tech well maybe it, whatever but like you see like a thing that comes out like a news story that like oh this company apologizes for like releasing a clothing line that was like surprisingly racist and you look at you're like how did no one say no to that like right. that is so yes. blatantly even somebody who just like wasn't so invested like i know that it happens but this movie takes it such an extreme where it's just like well of course you microchip kids because like that's how you make sure that they don't get raped and abducted. It's like, well, yes, but like, think about what you're doing. And like, it's just a, a weird kind of backwards nonsense where it goes to the such an extreme example. And I guess that's what you have to do narratively and cinematically. But if you tell a more realistic example, use something that's actually a realistic fear, it might make more of an impact because you're not like microchipping kids. Like, what are you doing? I mean, let's just say a Black Mirror did it and does it better every time. I wrote down this is the worst of the worst Black Mirror has to yeah. offer, like, ever. Is this kind of this? It's so one note. It's so droll. Yeah. And it sucks. What makes it even worse is that they're wasting ideas left and right. Like, this whole thing you're saying, I agree with. It's like, it's not the tech that's bad. And it's not necessarily the application that's bad. It's the personality controlling it and everybody has the same personality and that is one of like this privileged just fucking smug attitude and it's that's the cultness of it right and so at one point I desperately needed there to, not to be a human sacrifice I'm not saying that but I'm just saying they needed to do more cult type shit it's kind of funny that Beck showed they all went to a Beck concert like he's a Scientologist I don't know <laughs> if he was in on the joke there's all of these angles that they could have explored more which makes me even more pissed off because every scene is just about like you said in the beginning joey is like facebook's bad because they have all your information and it's just constantly reminding you of like that's the whole theme pretty much going on here yeah it's tough it's one of those things where like and you can watch it and you can see it and you know you can read about it if you read the book but you can see what they're trying to do and i think that's the other thing that dave eggers is trying to do in the book is you know trying to say we can do all this cool stuff and we can help people but that's not what we're using it for at one point i thought of like a great cult film recently which was midsomar and how that sort of lulls you into this false sense of security uh and then like it really springs its trap on you right the circle never tries to do anything like that and there's really no i don't think they know what kind of trap they would spring if they had you in its sights anyway but again like they just spit it all out at the beginning and then run it over for about two hours or so it sounds about right. They could have at least used like music or something to make the circle not feel evil from the get-go, right? Like it's a big red circle. Hanks has like a 
devil-looking thing going on with him. It's ominous from the jump. They could have done a lot of things better. I think Joey mentioned it by not making this movie. Um, that that would have been <laughs> that would have been a start. Not making this at all, saving Joey and I four hours of our lives because we've now watched this twice. Now, Montez, trying to be optimistic for a moment, is there anything about this movie that you like? Is there something about this that you would say is your favorite part of the circle, other than just the fact that it's over and ended and we're done with it? If you had to pick a favorite part of this movie, what would it be? The dad. He's adorable. Bill Paxton. Yeah, man. I thought he did a really good job in this movie. And every time he's on screen, like, it just broke my heart that she was being such a fucking twat to her family. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, like, it just feels like nobody interacts with people. Like, it feels like, and I think this is maybe an attempt at, like, commentary, but it feels like everyone in this movie interacts with other people like they've never talked to a human being before. It's just yes. like, oh, no, we're all, like, we're all technology. Like, we're all Android, we're all cyborgs, you know? Yeah. And, like, I feel like what this movie could have done is made Mercer the main character. Yeah. Because, like, yep. he's the one who would be like, wait, what? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, May, who are you anymore? Like, you know, yeah. you clearly don't want anything to do with me. Like, I'm off the grid. But, like, the way that they're like, I don't even have a cell phone. It's just like, all right, guy, come on. Like, let's relax. But he <laughs> sees through the bullshit and yeah. I feel like we're so like I guess it has to be her because that's the narrative like we're following her journey through but like once you're in it's just like this bizarro kind of Wizard of Oz world yeah so so when you see that the switch has been flipped for her is when you know at the beginning of the movie she's very averse to oh I didn't set up my social profile and then the two like psycho people come up to her and they're like oh well why didn't you like say you were going kayaking I love kayaking we could have gone kayaking together and she's like what sorry like I just wanted to go kayaking and she like doesn't want to be connected and she doesn't want to have all of her information out there she kind of just still wants to be her own person like just go to work and come home which is exactly how I feel I I just want to go to work and come home so she ends up you know setting up all these socials and doing all of this stuff and getting more and more connected even though she doesn't really want to but she wants to keep her job and then Mercer comes to see her and she was like oh well, why are you here you could have just sent me a text and he's like no I wanted to look you in the eye and she's like really confused it's like oh people still do that it's it's crazy like there's also a moment like that uh it reminds me of that where it's sort of circle thinking i guess you could say is uh hanks is up on stage and i think it's with her and they come to the agreement that like secrets are lies right and it's just like this weird fucking double speak that makes no sense to anybody but you're so happy to have people agree with you and think you're important and like you know i guess she never had any other friends or anybody else that supported her in her entire life that she had to take a word of like all these strangers and everything. But like, it, it just makes me think of the same thing where like people are so hypocritical at the circle, you know, or at one, one moment, you know, the first moment of the scene, she's kayaking, she gets a call and she hangs right up. Uh, and then, like you said later, she's like mad at her best friend for not texting her. It's like, what? That's what a cult does, right? Like they stroke your ego to the point where you feel like you're so indispensable and, and you're just like so important. And then you just like eat it all up and you're like, okay, who cares about those other people? They never treated me this way. I think that's what social media does. And I think that's maybe the, the underlying premise here is that's what the false face that people put out there on social media of, you know, my life is so perfect and come and be like me and go be an influencer and like take all these sponsored pictures and like like all my stuff and everything's about likes and it just makes me want to go back and watch a Black Mirror episode with Bryce Dallas Howard um, where she's just obsessed with getting those five stars or whatever as a person. And the same thing that they're doing here on The Circle is you have to get 100%. I could go on about this forever. <laughs> 
Mike, what about you? I know that you were disappointed in this movie across the board pretty much, that it was bad but not bad enough and it wasn't fun bad, but if you had to pick a favorite moment, a favorite part of The Circle, what would it be? I think because maybe he's like currently one of my favorite actors, new actors, it's just, I love John Boyega and there's just not enough of him in this movie for how important his character is supposed to be, you know? And I really thought they were setting him up to be the ally, the one that she's finally going to like come to her senses to and, and he's going to be like, yes, I got like this partner now and like she's at the top and you know what I'm saying? Like I really felt like he could have been and was going to be way more integral to the plot, the story and everything. I got really excited when he popped up because I forgot he was in this movie. Moses from Attack the Block all the way to uh, Finn and all that. Like I've only seen him in those like popular things but like like, it was great to see him pop up here. I wished he was in it more. And I just kind of want to, like, split that with Karen Gillian because, like, she is kind of on fire in this movie. Like, I feel like she's at the level everyone else needs to be playing it, which is, like, over the top, sort of more, more satirical and sort of less seriously. Like, this movie is kind of dead serious when it thinks it is and all that. Like, it feels like it wants to be very serious. And if it was just a little quirkier, a little more bizarre, a little more sort of surreal at times, I think it would have worked better and I think Karen Gillian kind of brought that kind of manic energy to the rest of the movie which was otherwise just like a dud like people sitting at their desks like you know texting each other to the former point you would like the book more because Ty is a much bigger part of the book but to the latter point it never gets there at either point and that's disappointing so when she is first brought into the circle she's in like customer experience whatever basically you know customer support and she's brought to her desk and the guy that trains her I know him. He was actually just nominated for an Emmy uh, for this short form, Oh, Jerome, No, which is a short within the TV show Cake. Do either of you know Cake? I've talked about Cake on a couple podcasts, but do either of you know the show Cake? No. No, you brought this up recently to me and Holly, and uh, I still haven't watched it yet. So it's on Hulu now. Uh, it's on FX. They're in the middle of a third season. Like They had season two like earlier this year, and they dropped season three. But each episode is like 23 minutes, you know, half an hour, minus commercials, where it's just short form kind of mostly animation but not all animation and so the third season the current season there is this ongoing the big chunk is John Hodgman and this other guy who co-created the show with him solving crimes for high schoolers because they can't get real work so they just keep solving crimes for high schoolers but season one had two different things they had quarter life poetry which was a project created by Samantha Jean who was this woman who's like 25 or 30 and just basically rapping in spoken word poetry and just musing on the like terrible nature of like, how to send an email to your boss and like I should go out with my friends on Friday night but like i really don't want to go out with my friends on friday night and stuff like that but there was also a thing called O jerome no which was starring this guy who plays in this movie his name his actor name is mamadou ati a-t-h-i-e and he's the guy who it is a very very small part this is a long way to say my favorite part of this movie he's basically reminding me of another thing that i liked but he's the one who trains emma watson and he's the one like oh like you know let's get 100 or whatever like let's just you know make sure that like you know nothing less than 100 or whatever i think that's him or he's in there or maybe he's the second person there, whatever. I've already blocked this movie out of my brain. But he's so good on Ojerome Noah. It's like this guy who's just like the ultimate hapless dater and just can't do anything right. And he's so good in that. And he's good in here. He's just a very small part. And so I just liked seeing him. I don't know if it's my favorite part. I think it probably is just because what else is there to choose from? But <laughs> I think the movie also looks nice. I like the music, to be quite honest. I don't think it really works because it's not weird enough. Like, the music is kind of like all beeps and bloops. It, it kind of feels like Bitcore. Is that what it's called? Or like when people use video game sounds to make new music? Have you heard of those, those songs or anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I, I, I mean, that was that was good. Chip tune, chip tune, chip tunes. Yeah, I, what did I call it? Bitcore. <laughs> I like my term. I'm like that's not right, but like it's also not close enough to being right that I can remember what it is. But like I got there, so yeah, chip tune. Okay, we've already talked about things that we hate about this movie, but there's a couple things I want to point out that I especially hate. Tom Hanks's appearance, doing basically a Letterman impression, kind of is like the dorkiest shit we've seen him do this entire run. Like it is awful i am so pissed at hanks in this movie this was a chance like he's doing steve's jobs basically he's doing steve's job no he's doing steve (laughs) jobs basically right like towards the end right where he had the turtleneck and the beard and yeah and the glasses he needed to fucking willy wonka this shit like he needed to be not like i'm not saying gene wilder with the coattails and and the hat and stuff but i mean like he needed to kind of come up with an eccentric persona of his own and that really bummed me out that we didn't get something original with this role. He's playing it so down the middle for no reason other than like everyone is, right? Yeah, everyone basically except for Karen Gillan, right? Who's like off the walls and like she should be, but everyone else should be too. Another thing I hated is that when they're talking about the cloud and they're like, do you know where this footage is stored? And May says in the cloud and John Boyega says, yes, but somewhere else too. And it's like, Wait, do people not know that the cloud is physical servers? Like, do they actually think that it exists just in the ether? They don't. Like, no, like, legitimately, they don't know that. Which I guess is why, like, movies like Sex Tape can exist, right? Well, they actually go to a server farm in that movie at the end, I think, right? It's like to, to actually pull it off. I'm sorry, I watched the entire movie. I watched the movie, but I don't remember anything. But the new movie, Desperados, on Netflix with my girl, Nassim Pedrad, who was wonderful in the movie. Movie's not good, but everyone in it is great. And it's where she sends a kind of a crazy breakup email and then it's like oh my god i was wrong i need to go down to mexico and delete the email from his computer it's like no you don't that's not how things work like what are you doing the inability to grasp tech across movies in general will always drive me crazy but the inability to grasp tech within a movie about tech is like egregiously offensive same agreed i tried to explain the cloud to someone just last weekend and i legitimately had the but it's just it's a server somewhere conversation and they told me no it's no that's not right and i said okay all right if that helps you sleep at night it absolutely is a white fluffy cloud just out there in the sky with all your data on it and we're all in the truman show my favorite part is when it rains out of the cloud and you get other people's data all over yourself yes isn't that the worst Another thing that I hate is how everyone suddenly becomes Mercer's biggest enemy. They're like, deer killer, deer killer. It's like, what? Like, instantly becomes public enemy number one. Like, that was such a, dare I say, cool thing where, like, you know, oh, like, she just took a picture of her screen for herself. And before she knew it, it was, like, all over the world or whatever. And then it's out of control and everyone knows who this kid is and stuff. But, like, yeah, you're right, Joey. Like, why wouldn't they embrace him? Why? Because it's her friend. Like, why would they mark him as an enemy and, like, basically swat him? Like, it's so strange. Yeah, like, to the point where 
two or three weeks into her going fully transparent, which is ostensibly going clear, but not going clear, a different thing, but basically going clear, like within the cult of the circle, she has two million watchers when she wakes up, which just like it, like just thinking about like who's watching her sleep and like what they're, it just, it's all gross. I don't want to think about that. But like if there's two million people, like I can understand some people being like, fuck him, animal killer, deer killer, whatever. But like they should be like, oh my God, can you, like he should be a rock star. Like, oh my God, Mercer. And like, but not to the point where like we're going to drive him off a cliff because we don't know where he is. It should be like the podcast, like finding Richard Simmons, right? We're just like, oh, we, we loved him. We want to try to find where he is. It's like, why are they so like every, I guess just because everybody's a caricature, right? Yeah. It's, I think it's genuinely to lace in the sort of the fact that this place is inherently bad. Like these are bad people. Like when you come down to it, right? Like they're going to judge you without knowing you immediately for the worst. So it's like, oh, you work with antlers. You must've had to kill that deer, deer killer, whatever, like PETA, PETA. Like, like I think it might be a very bad shortcut to sort of like the collective thinking of these people like right off the bat like if one person doesn't like it then it just spreads like wildflower and that's all there is to it but what's weird is why didn't that one person like it like it's a circular's extension you know it's like that other thing they do in Scientology where you have like the undesirables in your life or whatever and you just close communication with them suppressive people suppressive persons yep he's a SP a suppressive person Mm -hmm. that's where they're getting at another thing that I hate about this movie is that Tom Hanks talks about how he has a son with cerebral palsy and I'm like oh this is a kind of a very personal intimate thing and then twist that to be like don't you want him to be able to kayak too like you not recording your specific kayaking trip is depriving my son of joy it's like bro no it's not like what the fuck like it is so manipulative in a way that feels so disingenuous and again this is not necessarily the movie it could be the book it could be whatever but it's just like this is not how people act this is not a sales tactic this is like a weird i guess it is a house like, that's kind of scientology but like it's so over the top so fast and she falls for it hook line and sinker and i guess like if you're a new recruit at apple and suddenly you're in tim cook's office and he's like you know don't you want to do it's like yeah I, I guess in that regard but like the movie does not sell that enough it's supposed to be sort of like the a bombshell moment i mean in like from the movie bombshell right like you're in the room with the boss and he wants to you to hike up your skirt moment or something like that's how it should have played at least to me where it's like she's forced into making this decision and she knows she has to say like a certain thing and all that but i mean i think the one thing maybe they did right with the hanks character was what a manipulative bastard he is because like early on he even says about us the plebeians the general populace or whatever he's like those people out there keeping their secrets and hoarding their information to themselves are being selfish so what i'm gonna do is hoard all the information on the planet and keep it for myself i'm like what the fuck like what does this mean like this is why people are falling for him because he's confusing the shit out of them until they don't know what to think and so they'll believe anything you tell them sorry i know i don't mean to sound so irate no 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 like it's no nobody can respond to anything because this movie is all just like it's assorted bullshit that's indefensible right another thing that i hate and i think this is the last really big one is how phony everything she says to her watchers feels like if this dude watched a minute of twitch of any successful twitch streamer he would know Like, it's just, it's amazing how fake it feels. And she's like, oh, like, you know, here I am brushing my teeth. I can't believe what you got. I just like, just do it. And like, she's three weeks in by this point. It's not the first day. Like, you're still saying this three weeks in. And then she's like, I want to thank 
all the watchers who sent frowns to the government there. It's like, I hate that part of the movie so much. It's so phony. It's it's really bad. Like I just recently in lockdown started watching like a lot of streamers and Twitch people and I mean and they're just like on YouTube and stuff, but like you're absolutely a hundred percent right. Like even in twenty seventeen, like this was nowhere near like the attitude of a live streamer whatsoever. Like they couldn't have picked the worst person to go transparent for to be the face of the circle. Montez, please talk about how much you hate that. Oh god. So, first of all, no one ever find my Twitch because I don't talk on it and it's just you watching me run around in circles. Watching this movie and reading this book, it still makes me go back to Black Mirror. I know I said this before, but it's almost like she's trying so hard because she was so disconnected before. She's forcing herself to try and be connected and trying to force herself into a mold of another human being and being someone that she's not. And you can tell that she's forcing herself to pretend to be this thing. And it's so painful to watch. Not to mention that sometimes in this movie, Emma Watson's accent slips, and it really bothers me. I love her as an actress, but my God, everyone in this movie just sucked so much. You just took her role up a level. Like, if she's supposed to be an actor acting as May acting yeah. like she's liking what she's doing. She's and a dude playing a dude being another dude. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, thank you. So I will say that when the first choice for this role is someone, Mike, that you and I love, and I'm assuming Montez loves too, offered to Alicia Vikander. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. But I guess basically directly following Ex Machina, right? Just like, oh, you played a robot, you can be in a tech movie. Went and did Tomb Raider, which I kind of liked. Oh, that's a good movie. The way she describes it, it seems like the same day she was offered this part, Assassin's Creed, and the role in Jason Bourne, which is the one that she wound up talking, because she's like, this is the biggest of the three, like the biggest franchise, like that makes the most sense, which Assassin's Creed's not a great movie, but like there's cool stuff in there. Very clearly the right choice in not being in this movie, right? But like they said that they couldn't get Alicia Vikander, so into Emma Watson. And like, I really like Emma Watson. I think the bling ring is great. I think she's great in the bling ring. I basically am Hermione, like in personality tests, like I get Hermione. <laughs> like I understand, I relate, but I don't, I don't know if it's her. I don't know if it's the character. I don't know if it's a combination of both, but like she's awful in this movie and i think it's mostly the source material but i don't know yeah so i think it's the fact that if you feel the same way i did reading the book you hate may and you like emma watson and you can't see emma watson as being a person that you hate but god i hate her in this movie that's interesting that's a good point actually i think that's what my conflict was during the whole movie because i was like she's got to redeem herself there's got to be something like exactly I i knew in my reptile brain like this character is horrible but I would still just up until the end give her the benefit of a doubt because I was like, I know what movies do. And this movie's like, nope. Whether I'm reading it right or not, like she is very complicit now in what the circle is doing. Even in the bling ring, you know, Emma Watson's not the nicest person in that movie, but you still like her. You can't help but like her. You could like bad people, right? Like bad people are likable to a degree. They're still bad people and stuff. And like good people can be terrible. (laughs) Yeah. So this brings, this reunites, we mentioned before, this reunites Bill Paxton and Tom Hanks from Apollo 13. This was sadly, and this was sadly his final film because he passed away shortly after this. 
And the only other trivia that I have about this movie is that it received a D-plus audience score on CinemaScore, which according to IMDb is quite rare, because basically everyone loves everything. They're like, yeah, A, or whatever, right? Like, they all just like, yes, I like that movie, but a D-plus, I think, is very difficult to get. So, yeah, people hate this movie. Hate this movie. You know, it's so disappointing because, like, it's so close. Not really so close, but it's within reach, I think, of either being a genuinely good, creepy techno-thriller, sort of spy-noir, like, modern whatever, or just so campy and crazy that you're like, I can't believe, like, it's not far from Serenity. It can see Serenity, but it's not Serenity. But, like, it could be on that trajectory if, like, a few things either broke right or wrong, depending on how you're looking at it. But, like, where it lands is just the worst place to be. That's what's the most frustrating. We talk about that often about movies we don't like. I'm going to say bad movies, but this is objectively a bad movie. I mean, you don't say that often. But, like, there's room for, for to go in all those different directions. Just pick one instead of none. I totally would have bought the third act if it was revealed sentient evil artificial intelligence, you know, built a Patton Oswalt robot to blackmail Tom Hanks into being the face of the circle, and she finds out. You know, I mean, like, that is plausible for a third act. I also would have believed the like the other direction where Tom Hanks has green blood and, you know, it's they live, basically. They're doing all this information and they're taking all your data and they're controlling your lives and they're farming you out and everything. And it's, you know, she turns out to be Rowdy Piper. But no, like, they don't go anywhere. They run in a circle. The perfect title for it. Montez, any other thoughts about The Circle? Anything else you want to complain about or something that you maybe remembered that you like? I don't know. But anything else you want to say? I mean, remember that you picked this movie, right? Or did I force you to do this? This might have been one where I was like, oh, no, you have to do this. No, I I picked this because I wanted to save the world two hours of their life. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. You're so, you're so, you're so thoughtful and so generous. Unlike May. This might be the first podcast we put out to come with like a, uh, you know, no need to watch the movie before listening disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. Really don't like, please, everyone save your time. Go literally go watch anything else. I mean, I jacked myself up so hard for the... Oh, stop. Hold on. I got myself so excited for this movie. I only had myself to blame, you know what I'm saying? Like, Joey was there for me as a friend, telling me the whole time the <laughs> truth, and it's just, you know... Yeah, you have no one to blame but yourself. Exactly. Right. But I am willing to be accountable for that. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not going to pretend that I like this or anything like that. Like, I... I the gloves were off tonight, for sure. All right. Well, let's ask some very hard-hitting questions. Could Tom Cruise play the role of Eamon Bailey in The Circle? Or if not, what role could he or would he play? Come on. Like, he's half doing it already for the Church of Scientology, right? Like, if we're honest, like, he is... But I'm saying, yeah, he probably could. Yes. I'd believe anything he said. Give me Tom Cruise jumping on a couch in this movie. Hanks is supposed to be an ex-surfer, and we don't even see him mime surfing or anything cool like that. Like, he's just got no energy here. At least Cruise would probably be hopping around the stage, you know, commanding it like he did uh, way back in Magnolia or something. He would just bring something, right? Like, there's got to be something. Like, somebody's got to bring something in this movie. And then the other question, is Tom Hanks America's dad in this movie, or does he do anything to dissuade he is a father he wants the best for his son but he's also a manipulative bastard do you think in this movie he portrays himself as america's dad yes or no america's stepdad oh okay america's stepdad sure i'm gonna i'm gonna say no because there's this one line in particular that she drops at the end when she's like no one knows about their emails and here's their other emails and oh here's their secret emails and look they're they're super encrypted emails that even their wives don't know about so like they're 
but her emails. Well, they're going on, like, hostile-esque vacations overseas, if you catch my drift. Like, these guys are, you know, they're terrible. <laughs> so I, I, I don't think he gives... I think that story about his son was probably a lie. So now I have a question for you, Mike, before we get to the awards. On the list, if you're if you're keeping track either physically on Letterboxd or just mentally in your head, I have this as the next-to-last Hanks movie. If you give me a choice between this, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close... I would watch this probably nine times out of ten. How do you compare between the two of those? This is also like half an hour shorter, which is not not a factor. Okay, like both movies are sort of like very, they're in very poor taste, like in their own ways, you know? It's very tough. Like they're completely different films. I, I'd probably make it through this first, yeah. I, I don't think I could ever go back and watch Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close ever again. No, I don't think I could take that. That'd be like trying to sit down and watch like all the Michael Bay Transformer movies in a row or something. Like you just the brain can only stretch so far. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. So okay, the Woodies, the Tom Hanks Awards, worst film, The Circle. Yes. The worst. Worst Hanks role or most wasted Hanks performance. I'm going to say wasted performance. Okay. This is a good role for Hanks because this would have been a great against type kind of thing for him to work with. Like, he could have played with that somehow. Best ensemble, no. Best fight. A lot of, a lot of these things that he does not do. Like, Hanks does not fight, does not dance, does not party. His outfit wardrobe is like Steve Jobs-esque, but that's not really noteworthy given what we're doing here. He does not die. Best line, I almost want to say, we are so fucked is a pretty good line to end this movie on, basically, right? Where he's just like... Yeah, he rarely drops that F-bomb, so... And, like, you know, we talk about, especially a lot on Too Fast, Too Forever, who gets the fuck in a PG-13 movie because you only get the one. And in this one, we get Tom Hanks at the end, like, well-placed, I think. So I'm going to say that best line, surprisingly, an accolade. Best freak out, no. Best music. You said you like the score. I don't remember a single note from the score, so I'm going to pass on that, if that's, that's okay. That's fine. No, yeah. Best Hanks... Or worst Hanks love story, no. And then we used to have, did we? No, we. I guess we never had worst non-Hanks actor. We always just had best non-Hanks actor. But like, if we had worst, like through no fault of Rome, but like Emma Watson would get that nod. But can you just like have an honorary, like no voting needed, like that's just it, like just give it to her. She was nominated for the. Like I don't like the Razzies. I think the Razzies are pedantic bullshit. That should be abolished but she was nominated for worst actor that year or worst actress she lost to tyler perry for playing medea so that's how much the razzies you know uh, also nominated up against jennifer lawrence and mother which just piss off katherine heigl and unforgettable which is wonderful and then dakota johnson and 50 shades darker but that year our boy tom cruise won for the mummy so and zach efron nominated too so boy oh boy i was just thinking how tyler perry played baxter stockman in the last live action ninja turtles movie that's amazing we need to stop talking TMNT on CBB. What I do want to point out, though, I appreciate this movie because it introduced me to a new award, the COLA Awards, the California On Location Awards, which this movie won the Location Team of the Year and the Location Team of the Year, I guess, two two different people? I don't know, two different awards? It seems like the same award to me for the independent feature film. So I just love that, you know, you got a COLA, like Scott Aukerman to bring up CBB again, always jokes about, like, the guy's choice, 
like the Spike Guys Choice Award, right? The cola. Like, it feels like a cola. We got to have the EGOT plus the cola. I mean, this movie's got a cola, so. Does it have a Teen Choice Award for Emma Watson somewhere in there? No, there's only three awards. There is the winner for the cola, the nominee for the Razzie. Oh, wait. Yes, you're right. Teen Choice Awards winner. <laughs> I was fucking kidding. Choice movie actress drama, Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Oh, but she won. Okay, she won. Well, oh, no. Okay. Because that was the same year that she was in Beauty and the Beast. So she won for Fantasy. She won Best Lip Lock for her Dan Stevens kiss in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. What's up, Legion? But she also won Choice Movie Actress Drama over Amanda Stenberg in Everything Everything, Haley Steinfeld in The Edge of Seventeen. That breaks my heart. Taraji P. Henson in Hidden Figures. That breaks my heart. And Zoe Dutch in Before I Fall. That breaks my heart. So teens don't know what they're doing. Isn't it amazing that teens know Dan Stevens from fucking beauty and the beast instead of like the guest or like legion well i think most people most people probably know him from downton fat dan stevens oh that's right i didn't even know him from downton so the circle three nominations worst film most wasted hank's performance and best line which is a weird kind of combination i never thought we would get to but it's appropriate never before do i feel like i've built a movie up in my mind only to tear it down in my mind as soon as it started like as soon as it started i was like oh shit like i knew it wasn't gonna be fun or like enjoyable or any of that like i just knew it was gonna suck so that's all i could say and i i hate to say it but i have to well, Mike, we are down to the final four. If this is a March Madness tournament, we are down to our final four. Four more Tom Hanks movies, and at least three of them are good. I haven't seen Greyhound yet. I don't know. I'm not saying that one's bad. We got The Post, got Toy Story 4, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and Greyhound. So we've gotten through Inferno. We've gotten through The Post. We are in the free and clear to do the final four movies next week. The Post, Golden Globe nomination for Best Actor. So very important. So I'm very excited about that because we have finally, like, it's kind of, you know, Spoonful of Sugar. We had the Mary Poppins, right? Like, we had the Saving Mr. Banks. Spoonful of Sugar helps the medicine go down. But it's like, we got the medicine out of the way, or eat your veggies first, right? So to quote Lucas Rebecca Hobbs, Montez, listen to Too Fast You Forever. You'll get that reference at some point. You were such a big Zack Attack fan, and then you just completely fell off the face of the map. My child loves cars, like any type of vehicle. Like he freaking loves, oh my gosh, what's it called on Amazon now? With the three British guys... Oh, Top Gear, but it's not Top yeah, yeah, Gear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not Top Gear, but the whatever it's called now. He loves it. So Hobbs and Shaw was on the other day, and I did watch some of it. I'm just trying to, to stave off the fact that he's probably going to be too fast, too forever fan for life. He's a, I mean, he was already holding the sticker. We know that. It's coming. He, he drifts around all the time with his little car, so what it's coming. What a dude. What a dude. What a dude. New fans being born all the time, Joey. It's just a good thing the show goes on forever. Well, we've already had one listener have a fan. I mean, I can't really count Montez as a listener because she doesn't listen. Um, yeah. But we had yeah. a listener have a kid, and so he like kind of announced the birth of his daughter on our show. But Montez, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I would assume, based before, that you said you read your you reread your reviews for both the book and the movie. Are those both available at Unicorn Musings? Please plug your blog. I reviewed both of these out there. They're back from 2017 because I think my review for The Circle of the Movie came out not even a month after the movie released in the theater. So, I mean, it was pretty fresh and it basically says don't watch it. So that website is where you can go to find movies that you can not waste your time on. Unicorn-musings. Or don't read it. It doesn't matter. I think uh, based on my geotagging, I'm really big in Germany right now. So Super cool. Super, super cool. Anyway, that sounds very good. Well, thank you, Montez, for joining us. That is a series wrap for you 
on the Tom Tom Club, but you'll be around at some point, somewhere, somehow. Absolutely, of course I will. I'm always here. You're always here in the cloud. In the cloud, floating around. For all things, Hanks for the memories, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, hanks at cageclub.me. Come back next week for the post, Golden Globe nomination for Best Actor. Check out all 54 episodes of this show, all 45 or so of Cruise Club, all 1,700-something at cageclub.me slash shows. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And that was Jess Collins, a.k.a. Montez. And we'll see you next time right here on Hanks for the Memories. We were so fucked.